Welcome to a very special bonus episode of The Map of You. Last week, when I spoke to Chris Rowling, we had far too much good conversation for me to cut it down into any pithy snippets or throw it away entirely. In fact, once the microphone stopped rolling, we talked for another 45 minutes or longer. That conversation, unfortunately, has been consigned to the ether, and so the only way you'll get to hear me impersonating Dusty Rhodes reading Kafka audiobooks is if you get me drunk at a party. Instead, please enjoy this conversation about the Avatar The Last Airbender comic books and how great they are, a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn, and a big deep dive into the gigantic money-burning scandal that was Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. We joined this conversation that was already in progress last week. Enjoy. One of the first podcasts that I ever edited, we were recording in the same room, two of us, and we were like, I could hear the other person on the first one's mic, but the tracks were slightly out of sync. Ooh. And so I had to, instead of actually cutting it, I had to mess with the volume and like fade in and fade out on every word. Oh my God. And it took me like three solid days to edit. I'm not surprised. And by the end of it, I showed it to my friend Joel, who's also a podcaster, and he was like, you, you, you don't need to do that. <laughs> it, it, it's okay. There, especially when you're starting out, you're like overly editing. You're like, I have to make everything sound fucking like NPR quality. Yeah. And you're like, nah, dude, it's cool. People kind of expect it. Yeah, it's like, what would Jed Avamrod say if he heard this? <laughs> your show, I, this is not me blowing smoke up your ass. Mm. I think your show is wonderfully edited. Well, thank you. I really appreciate even just like the way you've used music is really cool. Oh, I think the music thing was something where it was like it just started off as, all right, I want to do because it it's, it sounds so so up my own butt, but it took me like three weeks to decide on what music to come in on, and I had like this playlist of other things, and I'm like, well, what would I want as like my walk-on music if I was playing baseball? You know, what would I want as like my entrance theme if I was a wrestler. And I'm like, those are different things. Oh, I don't know. And and trying to work it out. And then when I, when I was doing it, I'm like, well, you know, why don't I ask the people when they're coming on? Like, what do you want as your thing? And I got a few good suggestions and it just became part of it that someone would suggest at least one or two or sometimes like three or four songs that I should use. And yeah, it's, it's been fun. Like it's really making those decisions around, all right, do I want to use this this short one this person has suggested? Or do I want to use one that references stuff that's been talked about or like an interesting cover or something like that. And yeah, it's really, I think I've, when I got my Spotify thousand most played or whatever, like the top 30 were all from my Matthew View list. <laughs> Just because it's like when I'm editing or I'm getting in the mood for it, I'm always listening to what the person's put up, put, they put forward as their music. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I like it. But yes, thank you for the compliments. It still kind of stuns me when people say, oh yeah, I, I know that, I, like I'll mention something that I've said on a previous show and they'll be like, yeah, I know, I listened to the show. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't expect people to actually listen to it. <laughs> That's how I feel about anything yeah. that I've ever made. <laughs> it's either one way or the other. You either assume that everyone's heard everything and then get mad when they don't, or you assume that no one's heard anything and then get a little bit kind of sheepish when they say that they have. I had the weirdest podcast issue with this. 
You know Chris Sims. I think he's been on the show. He has, yes. Okay, and you know Aiden, duh. Well, they were coming home. Well, Aiden was coming home over Christmas break. I had bought them a Christmas present. I got them the expansion to the board game House on the Haunted Hill. It's got a weird name. It's yeah, oh, Haunting at the House on the Hill or whatever. Oh, that's it's the one. Super yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they talked about it on Ajax, I think. Yeah, that morning... <laughs> is when they talked about it. I'm in the shower listening to War Rocket Ajax because it's just like my Monday morning ritual and we were going to meet up with them later that night, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in the shower and him and Matt are talking, oh, I love this game. It's so good. And I'm like, fucking got it. I win Christmas. I got this. <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, I actually bought the expansion. It's still sitting there just waiting to get open. And I was like, damn it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I got so mad. <laughs> so then later that day, I'd be like, so I listened to Ajax. And by the way, this happened. <laughs> Although I, I told this on a, a previous episode. Funnily enough, someone who, before coming on the show, listened to literally every episode in a week. And I oh was like, gosh. that's that's intense, dude. I don't know what to tell you. I did not assign you that homework. Yeah, and it's like, that's great. I love that you did that. But <laughs> we were talking, I forget what it was. We were talking about, oh yeah, we were talking about the Avatar The Last Airbender comics, which are phenomenal. Oh, are they? They're real good. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't read them. Uh, it's Jean Luen Yang, who also did American Born Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah, real good. I actually got, because the reason I got them is because in the early stages of Kimiko's of my relationship, I was watching Korra, and she's like, oh, I'm sure I've seen some of it, like, at my niece's nephew's place. I'm like, well, you know, I'd be happy to give you, like, a hard drive with all of them if you want to just check it out. You don't have to. You know, I don't want to force stuff down your throat and she managed to like binge her way through the entire thing and then watched all of Korra and then rewatched all of Avatar of us together and we both separately found the comics oh cool she got me volume two and I got her volume one for our first Valentine's Day oh like it was some real gift of the Magi shit <laughs> except <laughs> that's great neither of us ended up with no hair or no watch <laughs> just more comics just more comics and then that way it's like each of us could read one and then trade the other and catch up that's so good I love that mm. But yeah, the, the big hardcover versions have like annotations by the author as well as by the series creator. Is it uh, Brian DeMar? I forget. I never know how to say his name. But the guy who made the, the TV show, they both do comments in the margins of like... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's like one of those, oh, when we had this character, we knew specifically we wanted to do this. And I tell you what, my dude, that comic deals with him. Colonies of enemy forces on reclaimed land, a la, you know, Israel and Palestine. Oh, wow. Cultural appropriation, whether you can be a benevolent dictator attempting to, like, you know, bring a positive force out of a tyrannical rule, whether a person can be truly good. Like, all that stuff in a freaking kids comic about a Nickelodeon show. Is it, is it a sequel? To Last Airbender? Yeah, because it happens after Last Airbender, but before Korra. Man, that is... It's good. I might have to read those. That sounds awesome. It's real good. Like, because basically the whole first story is Zuko's the new Fire Lord, and there's a colony that was a Fire Nation colony on Earth Kingdom land. Oh. And then the people who lived there were all living together because it had been that way for 120 years. And so you had people who were intermarried and who might have a firebender father and an earthbending mother. And then suddenly the Earth Kingdom soldiers come in and go, yeah, we're kicking all the Fire Nation out because, you know, the Empire's done. And everyone's going, no, we live here now. This is our home. These are our families. And they become this little rebel city. And there's Zuko the Fire Lord being like, I can't really enforce this rule upon them because that's not my thing the way it was my dad's thing. But also I can't have a city telling me that, oh, and they're rejecting my rule. 
Interesting. It's super interesting. And yeah, the cultural appropriation things, it's small, but Aang meets a whole bunch of what are what basically come out to airbending cosplayers. I was really hoping that's what you were going to say. Oh, yeah. And it's stuff like <laughs> they've like built up. It's kind of like with some, I can only compare it to something like steampunk, where it's like they're living their lives around the tenets of a thing they didn't understand. Hmm. They're like getting, getting the arrow tattoos and stuff. And he sees it and he flips his shit. And it's just like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And they're like, no, no, the arrows mean something to us. We do it when, when we learn a certain set of forms. He's like, but you're not airbenders. You can't actually do that. That's not okay. Yeah, it's great. You should check it out. Huh, totally. I'm, I'm like really stunned by this. I, I'm not one for normally for like cross media comics because mm-hmm. a lot of them are really bad. Oh, no, no question. As someone who bought the Heroes anthology, I'm with you. Oof. Well, <laughs> look, the source material ain't exactly there either. Nope. But I thought it was when I was like 15 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was great when you were watching it on a weekly basis and you're like, this is so cool because they can't really, it's like X Men with the serial numbers filed off. Oh, dude, I could do a whole show on that shit. That, <laughs> that show was a... That was my first, like, serial TV obsession, and all my friends at school would talk about it, and I was the comics kid, so everybody wanted to ask me questions about it. Oh, my God, that'd be a whole different show. So I think my first, like, real serial, like, follow it, like, all the way through was I would go to the video store and rent the individual discs of Lost and the Sopranos and start at the beginning, and, like... You'd watch three episodes, and then you'd return the disc and get the next one. Oh, but, oh, the next one's not there, so you'd have to wait. And did, like, the first, I think it was the, the whole first season of Lost and the first, like, four seasons of The Sopranos that way. And then tried wow. to watch week to week and just fell off the wagon. Because I'm just like, I'm used to watching this, like, three episodes in a night. I don't remember things from week to week. And it seems so slow and nothing's really moving and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, binging is the way to go. All right, cool. So... We have been talking a bunch, so now I'm just like, I don't know what next to say. Um, oh, we can go anywhere. Um, it's funny, you brought up Last Airbender. I've been playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yes, I've been hearing good things about this. It's very Last Airbender. Cool. Which, weirdly enough, I have not seen anyone else mention when talking about it, but it is the one thing I cannot shake when I'm playing it. <laughs> Um, like you end up in the Sun Kingdom, they're called. I think they're called the Karja. There's a lot of like dumb made up names, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're ruled by a Sun King, and they all worship the Sun. And you know there was a mad Sun King, but he was killed by his son, who is now the benevolent Sun King, who's not trying to sacrifice everybody to the Sun. To, I feel like, stop I feel this sounds machines. real familiar. <laughs> Yes, and it, and it took me a second. It's actually when you, like, get to their big city because you're, like, all in the woods and, and like, mountains and, and deserts and stuff, and it's the first, like, city you get to. It's this very cool shift in tone mm-hmm. uh, for this game that's very much about survival and hunting and all this stuff, and, and it really does, like, make you feel othered in a really cool way that I've never really gotten from a game. Okay, that's cool. And I'm, like, a straight-presenting white guy, so, like, being othered is not really a sensation I've ever had before. You really do feel out of place, at least when you first come around the bend and get into the city, especially if you've been playing, like, a long stretch. I feel like if you were playing it in shorter chunks, it probably wouldn't hit you quite as hard. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the second I get there, I start talking to the townspeople and and going on a couple missions or whatever, and I'm like, oh, this is just the Fire Nation. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Almost immediately, I was like, oh, that's where they got this. <laughs> and it's it's it, not a direct ripoff, but who boy. There's a little bit lifted there. And and the new king, King Shmuko. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, 
and the, like there's there's like remnants of the crazy sun clan i think they're called like the shadow clan or something i don't know it's a it's a cool game i'm really enjoying it it has like really beautiful sound mixing that the machine designs are really cool there's fun weird lore like you learn about the pre-apocalyptic society and just like little snippets in not necessarily like Bioshock audio diaries. There's a little bit of that, but you'll find like old news clippings mm-hmm. and like people's journals and, and data files and, and memos and stuff. And you kind of start piecing together what happened. And, and it's it's a really cool story because you it makes you want to know because your lead character is actually curious in it, even though no one else gives a shit. <laughs> See, I was about to ask is like on, on a lore scale from like zero to Kingdoms of Amalur. Do you know the story of Kingdoms of Amalur? I don't. Okay, this is Kingdoms of Amalur. Was I think it was? I'm gonna look up his name because there was there was a baseball player. That is not what I expected. Yeah, because because here's the thing. It's like I think I think it's Derek Jeter, but I think it might not be. <laughs> oh, like an actual baseball yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, like someone you would know. Yeah, isn't Kings of Amalur? It's a video game, right? Yeah. Is it a Dungeons and Dragons thing? Yeah, it's basically that. And oh, it's got. Oh my god, designers R.A. Salvatore and Todd McFarlane. That's what I'm getting to, is they got Todd McFarlane to do all the designs, and they got R.A. Salvatore to write a fucking book of lore. Lore! (laughs) Oh, that's who it is. Kurt Schilling, who is a baseball player. He was a pitcher with the Red Sox, and he founded 38 Studios, which was publishing this first game in the Kingdoms of Amalur series. You know, with its giant book of lore and its Todd McFarlane designs, as if it couldn't have any more money burners attached to it. What the hell? And then he, he, in order to create the studio, he, like, enticed people with tax breaks to buy houses and move to whatever state it was. I think it was, like, I want to say Maine or somewhere like that. It was this idea that it was this huge thing where it's like, oh, you move here and you buy a house and we'll give you a job on this giant franchise. And it's all these sweetheart deals. Uh, no, it's, there we go. Headquarters was in Rhode Island. So everyone moved to Rhode Island to be games designers. And then the, the game did not sell. It didn't sell badly. It did not just, like, you know, blow the roof off of... Like, it didn't outsell Bioshock, let's say. Yeah. And because they had planned for that, because how could it fail with all these money burners tied to it? The company went bankrupt and everyone lost their jobs. The company was called Big Huge Games. <laughs> And 38 Studios, which I think and was his number, studios. yeah. And so it then it then went to court with this idea that, oh, well, you've actually screwed all of us over. And so it's like, th- it's this perfect storm of awful. Because we were talking about lore and, like, pre-apocalypse. I thought you were going to tell me that, like, whatever causes the world of Kingdoms of Amalar was a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> he, th- he threw a fastball that was so perfect, it cracked the world. <laughs> It was referred to. <laughs> that's, that's where I thought you were going. <laughs> as the ball oh crackening. I'm sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> I, for some reason, like, my brain just got, like, connected all these dots. And I was like, man, that game is a lot more interesting than I thought it was. <laughs> it's really not. It's like no, a, it's not. It's just like a really generic kind of MMO type thing. Yeah, it looks terrible. Yeah, like Destiny came along and did it way better. A little bit later but yeah it's one of those things where like even the week before they went under the dude kurt schilling was on like i remember he was on game on on the twit network and a few other places where it's like giving interviews about how this was going to be this incredible series and look how long this was going to go and then like a week later they were bankrupt so he must have known 
Oh man. <laughs> I, that's fucking bizarre. I love stories like that though. Just like really, where somebody throws a shitload of money at something mm-hmm. that has no real chance of succeeding. Yeah, which is weird because I think situations where something really succeeds is when it's made by a company that doesn't need it to succeed. Like, think about your Xbox, right? Like, Microsoft did not need to have a success in a video game console. No. Because they were being paid for by, you know, every computer on the planet. And Sony didn't need a console to succeed because, you know, they had televisions and radios and whatever else keeping them afloat. So they could just be like, yeah, let's try a console, let's do a thing, as opposed to Sega, which desperately needed everything that it made to do exceptionally well, and then when they stopped... Or Nintendo. Yeah, or Nintendo, there you go. Let's talk about the GameCube, Sam. <laughs> I, I love the GameCube, that weird little lunchbox. And I love the Sega Saturn, but I don't see many people talking about it now. I, I think I only played a Saturn once. Yep, see, I, I got it instead of a PlayStation, and I loved it, uh. and... It's a story I've told in the show before, which was where my local video game store discounted all the Saturn games because they'd stopped stocking them. And so I got like 10 games for five bucks a piece. Nice. That's that's like me getting a PSP instead of a DS. Like, I backed the wrong fucking horse. The the old joke on Destructoid is that oh, someone's like, oh, I bought a Vita. Really? You, you've joined the Council of Twelve. I have a Vita, and I lost the charging cord for it, oh, no. and it bothers me every day. Because I, I actually really like the Vita and need to finish Persona 4. It's a beautiful machine. It's just, yeah. <laughs> It's it's my Persona 4 machine and and like old JRPGs that I never finished when I was a kid. And you can you can play Uncharted and press on the back to make Nathan Drake grab a, that un- a ledge. That Uncharted game is bad. <laughs> I'm so glad it was like a PS Plus free game after I bought my Vita because I was like, oh yeah, portable Uncharted. Who wouldn't want that? And then I played like a couple hours of it and I was like, no one, no one wants this. It's a bad game. Yeah, it was one of those situations where it's like, I, I finally bought a DS because I hadn't owned a Nintendo console since a Nintendo 64. So it had been a long time. And I, and I missed, like, I wanted to play Pokemon again. I wanted to do all those things. And at the time, I was working at a place that was not a very far bus ride. And so I basically would, would find out that it was two and a half Mario Kart races to get from my house <laughs> to work. So that's not very long. <laughs> that's fantastic. 